everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gab, what are you drinking? Water. <laughs> totally yeah. drinking water. I'm trying my hardest not to get sick. I can't. I can't get sick. You should have some um, You got any OJ in the house? Uh, I'm not at the house. I'm still at the office. Oh. Um, uh, I'll probably, I haven't been grocery shopping in weeks, so I'll probably stop by the grocery store and get like some healthy shit on my way home but uh yeah I've been I've been traveling a lot recently and um I was just I was saying before you start hitting record that uh come March my uh work travel schedule dies down just in time for the footy season travel to kick in yay right by March we should know (laughs) when games are being played theoretically oh that would that would be nice yeah and wouldn't I don't know. Uh, I talked to Mark Thomas, the president of business ops for the Breakers, and he said we're supposed to know home openers by the end of this week, and then we're supposed to know NWSL full schedule within the next 10 days, and this interview was Tuesday. So Really? Yeah. So they're, they're getting pretty close. They so, are close. So it's timely that we're recording this episode tonight because everything's going to be different tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Cool. Really happy when that happens. You're all welcome. When we record, things happen. Shit happens. Let's make sure that we, like, publish this episode right at, like, 9 (laughs) a.m. West Coast time so that at 9.01, when the the home openers get announced, you know, it'll, it'll be fresh. Yeah, definitely. So we'll put the podcast up, and then two minutes later, they'll make the announcement. No one will listen to the show, and they'll all be like, oh, thanks, guys. You made the league release. It'll be perfect. Yeah. We don't record the show for, like, informational or entertainment purposes. We do it so that things happen in the soccer world. Right. <laughs> anyway. We, we, make, we make the world go round in reality. Yeah. That was an interesting talk that I had with Mark Thomas. Um, he gave me a lot of his time, actually. I was pretty appreciative of it. Part of it might be that I'm one of, like, three people who regularly covers Boston. I don't know. But, um, so what did you guys, what, what are you talking to the director of ops about? Well, I was asking him about the breakers business plans. Cause I want to know like, when are you breaking even? How are you going to do that? You're not in a big MLS team. You know, you, you're in a really crowded sports market. You're in a very expensive market overall. Like they had some good points that every team has the same salary cap, but not every team's players have the same living expenses. Like, what it costs to live in in Kansas City for six months is not the same as what it costs to live in Boston for six months, right? Yeah. So, stuff like that, and, you know, they repeated Boston's on track to break even in 2018, knock on wood. Um, You know, season ticket holder stuff, their plans for merchandise. I told them that their logo is old and busted, and they were like, we hear you. (laughs) (laughs) So were you you talking to them, like, as a fan or as a reporter? No, as a reporter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was just like, wait, you told them their logo was old and busted? I mean, they asked me. They were like, what did you think about this? And I was like, look, I've earned the right to tell you what I think after, like, I've been to every Breakers home game except for, like, one or two since 2009. So Forever. Yeah, that's a lifetime. Come on. It totally is. I think I earned the right... I wasn't even the same person in 2000. Oh my god, that was eight years ago. Oh my god. 
I was like, that was four I want to know. I want to know what your hair looked like in 2009. We don't need to talk about that. Let's just I move on. Really, I really want to know what your hair, what hairstyle you had. What, impo- what hairstyle did you have in 2009? The most important thing that I thought that he brought up in that interview. No, seriously. Like, was, what, was, what was your hairstyle? If, if you had one hair icon in 2009, who was that person? Lucy Liu. But is that what your hair looked like? I thought that the most important thing that he brought up in that conversation was, so you know we were talking about this A&E deal, right? Yeah, uh, A&E, that's uh, um, uh, the Lifetime channel oh, deal no. thing. Yeah. A&E Networks owns Lifetime, and Lifetime is apparently worth like $900 million, so I was like, okay, it's a pretty good deal. A&E Networks itself is worth something like $26 billion, and then they're like partly owned by Disney, so them taking a 25% stake in the league, uh, yeah. Anyway, we were all speculating maybe that gave everybody the cash injection that they needed to feel comfortable about raising the minimum wage. What does what does that mean, though, a 25% stake? It means they own 25% of the league, essentially. I know, but what is the league worth? That's the question. The valuation of the league. That would be interesting. Right. I I, I do valuations professionally. Call me. Yeah. You should uh, call up um, the end of your communications guy's name is Patrick. He's overworked and probably underpaid. Hi, Patrick. And ask him, hey. I'm absolutely certain he'll talk to me. Yeah, definitely. What is the valuation of NWSL? What is that 25% stake worth to A&E? Yeah, I don't even need to know what the valuation is. Just tell me what the 25% stake is. Yeah. I can do the math. But the thing is, everyone was like, oh, well, maybe the cash that they put into the league makes everyone more comfortable. Oh, oh, oh I guess it's less than doubling because I think the new one's going to be 13000 something, which much better, but not great. Anyway, um, Mark said to me, no we the teams didn't get any money from A&E essentially for like salary cap the salary cap decision was the league and the teams and US soccer all meeting and agreeing that the minimum had to come up and then asking all what? the owners are you able to do this what's, financially what's US soccer doing a part of that conversation you know why no, I don't. What was U.S. Soccer doing as a part of that conversation? Well, U.S. Soccer is the one that grants NWSL Tier 1 status, right? In the, in the United States Soccer Pyramid. And also, I gather that they're in, invested in NWSL because it's a place where they're now going to turn to for part of their player pool. Sure, but is U.S. Soccer kicking any money in to make that happen? Or is U.S. Soccer just there as a stakeholder? Probably just as a stakeholder. Someone That's interesting. Interest. Yeah, yeah. He named U.S. Soccer in the in the conversation, so I assume they were part of it. But yeah, apparently this is a move all the owners were able to make. So every owner was able to increase the salary cap, so they did it. And I specifically asked, like, is this something most of you agreed on? And then some of the others might not have been there yet, but they had to come along in order to stay in the league. And he was like, no. I think it was pretty much unanimous. He wasn't personally there for the vote, but according to him, he thinks it was pretty much unanimous. So I think that's a good sign. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you think it's a good sign, I would I would not... The breakers would not lie to you. I think the breakers would absolutely massage the truth with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like any other business that didn't want to put all their shit out there for the world to see would Uh 
Um, but yeah, I don't think that they would look me in the eye and be like, no, everything is fine. Go out and, you know, lie to people. I think. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but okay. So anyway, like the, the thing is, is that if he, if, if, even if they're not being honest with you, at least minimum wage went up. Yes. At least minimum wage. Went right. Up, and every team seems prepared to absorb that cost. Right. And that's, that's positive. So everybody who's freaking out about players going to Europe or things happening, like here's your proof that things are not as bad as that appears. Here's my question. One of the problems that we've talked about before is big roster turnover, not at the top level, but in the mid to lower tier where you have players hitting 25, 26, 27 going, I can't do this anymore. It's not a viable living. So is it mm-hmm. more important to keep that turn, like to minimize that turnover or is it more important to keep big names from, you know, catting around or whatever or going, you know, where's best for their career? Because I don't really think there's money to do both right now. So I think right. they went where they would be most effective at minimizing roster turnover. Do you, does that make sense? <sighs> yeah. But no. Okay. Why Why wouldn't it make sense? I, I'm struggling with the whole minimized roster turn, turn up part. So can you, can you kind of dive into that one a little bit more? You know, we mentioned that because the wages are low at the, you know, bottom end, like if you're below the median wage, then you're probably not making much more than those, those players who are at 7,000. You're making, you know, 15,000. For six, seven months, that's that's better, but still not lovable. So why not go get right, a job right. with Amazon? You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I mean, I guess I always I always kind of see that they have a pretty lucrative um, or steady stream of players willing to enter into the league. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, roster turnover, I don't think it's been I, like I, I think I think it got better last year. And it has been worse within the league. Like the first two years of the league, there were way more players retiring than did last year. Yeah. And the, I think correspondingly the salary cap and the professionalism standards have crept up every year since year one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So I, I think you're right. And I'm right. We're both right. Isn't yeah. That nice how that I think works we're out? both right, which means it's awesome. Everything is awesome. When we're both right, there's nothing we can't do. Teamwork. Exactly. This is why this is why we're a great team. Sure. <laughs> Cuz we can both disagree, but we're both right. Yeah. I think you're right in that there there's always going to be a steady stream of new kids, so like entry level turnover is not a problem if every team has like two or three rookies every I mean that's just natural. Uh and it's more important for them to stabilize those mid-level core players like you know your McCall's or Bonies or, or your Megan Oysters in the middle who aren't big names they're not necessarily on the fringe of the national team even but they're gonna work hard for you and they're gonna play 19-20 games a season well they're gonna play 19-20 games a season and they're the players that you can put on marketing material and trust that they'll still be there yeah they're the ones who show up to like all the fan events and like know all the fans names and stuff the you know the core in-market players yeah. The fan yeah. faves. I, the, the fan the faves. Joanna the Joanna Lomans. The home, 
the the homegrown players even if someday we we get to that level i think there's starting to be talk about um homegrown rules so really not this season maybe not even next season maybe in two years they really want to have homegrown in place boston's been pushing for homegrown basically since day one but Boston's also had a well, much stronger academy system in place since day one. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course Boston would be pushing for <laughs> homegrown since Sam day Mewis. one. Sam Mewis could have been ours. I mean, you guys want to pee on every player that comes out of your out of New England. It's not my fault everybody comes to play for Boston and then leaves us. Well, I mean, that's not the homegrown rule though. No, I like, know. Like it's but... it's the academy stuff. Yeah, I know. Okay. I just want to make sure that, that were we were talking about the same implications role. about, you know, you look at any roster, it's like littered with ex-Boston players. Uh, that's because you guys have been around the longest. Maybe. I don't know. Everybody's, everybody's you know, worn the blue. Mm-hmm. The breaker blue. Yeah, I thought that was interesting from Mark. Talked about some other stuff, like sponsorship stuff. Um... NWSL, all the live streaming is coming under A&E's umbrella now. So I think what that means is it's kind of standardizing live streams, but it's also going to like force out uh, locals. Maybe. I don't know yet. I don't like, know if they're going to... Like local TV deals? Well, it does preclude regional mm-hmm. deals, I asked. And uh, the Breakers, for example, were trying to do something with Nessun to get games on regional TV, but the A&E deal precludes all of that. So you won't be getting any regional right. deals from teams. Is that what you mean by locals, though? I, I'm talking about, like, the local live stream team. So if your team had, like, oh, a regular... Oh, the broadcast team. Yeah, play-by-play okay. and color. Uh, I think it's still up in the air whether they'll be back for 2017. So the lifetime thing, the A&E deal, is that... For all matches, or is that just for the ones broadcast on TV? What What do you mean by, is it just for, like, what part of the lifetime deal? Like, they're not broadcasting every single match. No, they do one game, I think, on a Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern a week. Right. So what happens to all of the other matches? All the other games should be live streamed. By local organizations. I think... A and E production levels, but I really they they would they would they would be stupid not to like bring in local talent though. They're not going to send you know an A and E crew to every single club, right? That's why I'm wondering when you say, well, that's why I'm it's going to push out I, the locals. I don't know yet. I I just keep hearing they're bringing it in house, and we don't know what this means for you know the established play by play and color teams. Sure, sure. I think it would be stupid to force every club to get rid of them, like, en masse. Like, maybe they could be vetted or whatever and or, or re-interviewed in, to see if they're by uh, up to A&E standards. But, you know, don't ditch a local resource just because it's local. Right. Does A&E do any other sports? No. This is, I think, their entry into the market. So what are the A&E standards? So A&E President CEO Nancy Dubuque, 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 I've heard it pronounced and I've forgotten it, um, was talking about the production values and she was saying uh, they're going to bring in names that people are familiar with, like if you watch the World Cup and Olympics. So I'm assuming the production value is going to be there to match. 
there, there's no point in having like an Ali Wagner on and you're not having, you know, it might not be what you're used to with a Fox soccer or NBC sports broadcast, but they have, you know, they have best case examples to follow. So mm -hmm. I don't see why it shouldn't be at least approaching ESPN quality broadcasting. Maybe there's some glitches because they're not used to live broadcasting. Sure. It's not like they're going into it blind. Isn't ESPN also partly owned by Disney or something? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. yeah. They're all under the same umbrella, so they should they have all these resources they can go over to like a, a sister network and be like, Hey, show us the standard. Yeah, they they totally can. I'm just wondering um, as we're going through this process of having a new organization take over these areas, like what are those standards? What are those benchmarks that they're looking for? And being associated with Disney, being associated with ESPN, that's a very high production level. I mean, so will, will, will Sky Blue have more than one camera? I think if A&E wants to do it right, they're going to look at each venue and be like, what equipment do we need to put in place? Like, what investment do we need to make so that, you know, we don't get laughed at for having, like, a two-camera setup on a dinky whatever. Look, they've got 90... Right. Lifetime has $900 million, or they're worth $900 million. They should be able to drop, you know, what I, I, I think it would cost mid five figures to really bring uh some of these places up to standard probably more actually yeah i mean i have no doubt about that i i remain suspect um and probably will remain suspect because the deals are none of our business right 25 percent stake is none of our business as to what that number actually is and it is 25 percent stake, meaning a 25% catch infusion, or they are willing to invest in the uh, production, in the TV time, in the paying for the commentary, all that different stuff. Are they willing to invest in that up to 25% of NWSL's value? It's a three-year deal. So I don't see mm -hmm. why they wouldn't be going into this with like a development mindset instead of, okay, we just want to take like a piece of the pie and then see what you can give us. You know, I think they came into us going, okay, what can we put in to really develop the brand value? That's my take on it. Sure. Sure. I cannot wait to see this happen. I mean, it's getting closer and closer. Opening weekend's probably going to be late April, right? Or mm -hmm. at the very latest, beginning of May. It better not be much later than that. Um, I mean, we get a whole extra month this year. So we're probably two months and change out from opening day. We should, right. We'll find out soon enough. Any, any other questions about the Lifetime deal that we should talk about? I, I don't think, I mean, I just, I want to know is like, is the only way you're going to be able to watch it through cable TV tuned into Lifetime, or are they going to have like a web streaming version of their site that has this available? Non-Lifetime aired games, is are those still going to be available on YouTube and archived? Like, yeah, those are all good questions. I think yeah. they would be foolish to not have a similar thing to like ESPN3 where you can log in with your cable provider and live stream that way at least. 
Um, they did talk about expanding to digital platforms. It would be awesome. It would be awesome if Lifetime got into the ESPN like suite of of sports services, but that that probably is counter to their wanting to break into this new into into sports entertainment. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's cool. I also think and know that a pretty significant number of people who watch the web streams on a regular basis are overseas or don't have cable. And, you know, I worry about a TV deal cutting people off from access to seeing these games. It's not just fans. I mean, reporters, one of the greatest gifts for covering the league is sometimes you can't possibly watch every game live. The archive, it's free and it's up there, so you can just go back and rewatch what you missed and then, you know, put together your report. So that access has been incredibly vital to covering the league, which the league mm-hmm. has needed all the coverage it can get. So if you're going to cut that resource off, I think you also endanger a healthy chunk of people who have been reporting on you basically for free for the past four years. Mm-hmm. And I mean for free as in these are all people who are not necessarily getting paid to write about soccer. They're people who volunteer their time. Right. I mean, the women's soccer machine is not a robust six-cylinder machine. <laughs> it is It is quite a... I, I want to relate it to like a bicycle, but it's way more complex than a bicycle. That analogy just died because <laughs> I don't know enough about cars to make it but but you know at the end of the day this this deal while a huge positive is concerning to me about uh cutting off the sport from people who have been feeding it for the last you know not just four years but the last decade like hardcore fan base and and like yeah that in favor of like trying to expand too much into new areas yeah i get what you're saying which yeah, which I'm totally for expansion. I'm totally for going after new fans, um, marketing to new people, trying to hit new demographics. Like, I think all of that is awesome and great. I just worry that, oh, now everything's going to be under lock and key and it's going to cost $19.99 a month to subscribe and nothing's ever going to be archived or stored and all that different shit. Well, hopefully they understand the history of women's soccer, which is that the reason why it has exploded so much in the past 10 years, a huge chunk of that has been the internet. Right. Like a huge, huge, huge chunk of that has been the internet, starting from, I feel like the 2008 Olympics were the first ones that you could live stream women's soccer. It feels like that's that's maybe 2004, but it, in 2004, live streaming was busted. It was wrecked. I don't know if children listening now know what the internet was like in 2004, but um, you could only put 10-minute videos on YouTube? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Facebook was Twitter. Uh, yeah, 2004 internet was w- it was way wretched. different. So, yeah, 2008 on. So now we're coming up into kind of a decade of, of that live streaming era. Think, think about it. Like, the coverage... I did not watch most of the 2011 World Cup on a TV. I watched it online on my computer. Same for the 2012 Olympics, 2015, well, the 2015 World Cup, I was in Canada, that doesn't count. <laughs> but, you know, other games that we couldn't attend, we also streamed those. We 
in the house, we would, you know, bang on the router and, you know, get the live stream going. So the internet has been one of the biggest parts of leveling the playing field when it comes to viewership for women's soccer. I think they would be a fool to overlook that. I don't know. People have made foolish business decisions before around women's soccer. We'll see. Well, yeah, but uh, by no means do I think that this is a bad thing, right? Like, it's it's money, it's an actual sponsor, it's not some podunk group doing a GoFundMe to go to Portugal and record soccer games for a web stream, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's pro- definitely yeah. not a reference to a real thing that almost happened. A, a real thing that I think I probably lost like $25 in. <laughs> so I, I am rather, uh, actually, no, I don't know if I actually gave them any money. I, I should go back and take money. a look. I don't think I did. Anyway. I, I, I don't think I did, but anywho, it's a real thing. It's a real group. It's a positive. Let's just hope, 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 hope that it's being implemented in a way that makes sense to the culture of the sport, uh, to the fandom and to kind of continue to grow the game in the right direction. This is an interesting year to do it. There's no big tournament. Um, But because it's also a multi-year deal, if there's missteps, I think they have time to correct. There's not this kind of like LA soul, like, oh, one and done. If we don't, whatever, I'm I'm just out of here after a season kind of deal. So I I think the the net takeaway is very positive here. And it's it's one of those things that's like, you know, I kind of wish it would have been announced sooner or I kind of wish that she believes would be the first tournament that they would air. You want Lifetime to air the She Believes tournament? Well, not I mean, not like because it's it. I, I, I just I want to see how they're going to do it before they actually get the keys. I don't know if that's necessarily fair because they would be going to stadiums that have much better infrastructure than, for example, Jordan Field for the Boston Breakers. You're, you're right. You're right. I guess I'm, I'm, uh, my, my concern is less about the logistics of going into Jordan Field or going to Rutgers or something like that, and more the logistics of how are they actually going to produce this. I think they're going to ship some nice cameras to some of the teams and be like, "All right, don't break these." So we, we're going to need deposit. We're going to need your credit card to have a deposit on this equipment because we're going to need it back at the end of the season. Um, it's yeah. You can get a nice camera for like $5,000. Right. I'm, yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I'm not saying that this is like a huge cash infusion that they're, that they're supplying to each of the teams. I mean, in theory, teams were have supposed, were supposed to have upgraded their video equipment. What? Two seasons ago. In theory, yeah. Western there, there, there was there was supposed to be a new standard like two years ago, and we saw how shitty that was. I think that's also a reflection of kind of power is dispersed throughout the league. Mm-hmm. And top-down orders don't necessarily carry... They didn't back then carry as much weight as they might do in the future. Sure. So, yeah. Wow, we talked about that a lot longer than I thought we would. We did, didn't we? There's a lot going on there. I should ask about this whole lifetime thing. Like, so you bought a 25% stake. What does that mean to you in a dollar number, you know? Right? Like, so you're worth almost a billion dollars. 
what does 25, like, what does 25% stake mean? Because NWSL front office is also growing, mm-hmm. right? Like, like we're also seeing more and more staff uh, joining the team. I think that's um, where the A&E cash went. That's, that's definitely, because three in the front office to like 12 to 15 in the front office. Come on. Right. So. I mean, that's, that's where that cash goes and, and they're, they're seeing the potential growth. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's one of those things like, okay, it was 20, was 25% mean. And where is that money going? If it's not going to the teams, which we've learned by talking to the breakers, is it going to the refs? Is it going to the front office, uh, the league office? pardon me, the league office, is it going into um, sourcing sponsorship deals for better advertising and and more consistent uh, national branding, things like that? I mean, all of that stuff costs money, right? And it's always funny to me to spend sponsorship money trying to chase down more sponsorship (laughs) money, but but that's the name of the game, right? Interesting note on sponsorship, we don't know if Copper Tone's coming back. I was told that. What? Don't know if Copper Tone's coming back. Um, otherwise Boston has not been, not yet been given any directives on sponsorship exclusivity because I was asking them about the Budweiser deal that they had from last season, which was regional. And they were like, well, we haven't gotten any instructions from the league saying you, you can't have a brand that conflicts with that. So, uh, so far no exclusivity except for Nike in terms of sponsors. That's the other thing. When do you think we're going to start seeing some kits? It better be freaking soon. Um, I think, I mean, North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina is the only one we've seen, right? Yeah, and theirs was basic, but sometimes basic is good. I like the solid colors with the solid uh, details around, like the collar, the because they have mm-hmm. a good color palette. A good solid color palette, just like with no frippery, can be very visually striking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, fucking printer toner running out gradient bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How funny would it be if Nike gave the NWSL teams the exact same template as U.S. soccer? You mean the new, the completely brand new third red kit that we got? Yeah. It's not yeah. the same. I mean, what if what if the sleeves are a different color than the, the body, the torso, and, and that that's it. And so we just see, see different different versions of that kit. Like, God, it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, like like when is NWSL gonna get sponsorship money to the point where we can cause cause it takes time, right? It it, it, it takes lead time to design custom kits and so it's like god damn it like we we are all invested in this fucking league well like we we have it tattooed on our bodies with custom kits i wonder if they the whole league has to make an order at once and so last season orlando pride joined right two seasons before that or was it the season before that Houston houston dash so you have expansion teams coming in that are chopping down on that lead time probably and then this season the move from western new york to north carolina plus the a and e deal like you know messing with scheduling and stuff maybe i don't know why that would affect your order with nike though anyway well yeah because of the lifetime no because each team just gets a box of lifetime patches that they heat press on right Right. Like the lifetime deals should not make any difference unless they're going to fucking make the logo part of the fabric. Yeah. Right. Like Portland did a custom kit in 2015. It was the first custom kit 
for an NWSL team. Um, you know, Chicago will, will argue that because they they heat press stars on theirs striped Waldo kit. But anyway, so so Portland already did it. But the 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 issue is is lead time, right? And yeah. it's not that every team has to have the same design because they're gonna produce different colors and different mixes no matter what it's just somebody needs to fucking write the advanced check and do the work in advance and that's what we struggle with in women's soccer yeah and probably what we struggle with in sports in general is looking beyond the home opener like we they haven't even announced where the championship is going to be even though we can all guess Right. So, so right now we're waiting for a home opener. That's probably going to happen the end of April or the beginning of May and it's middle of February. So who knows when we're going to actually know when the final is going to happen. And all of that is just kind of showing the lack of forward thinking, the lack of long-term planning that is happening right now in, in the NWSL. And it's, it, it's it's frustrating because the league front office is growing. The teams are doing well enough to be able to give the players a pay increase. Granted, it's not nearly the level that any of us as fans would like it to be, but they're still making these improvements. You know, it's it's just one of those things that's like, at what point does one designer at the league office, you know, do you hire that one designer to work with each of the teams to come up with those swatches to then send to Nike for 2018, 2019, something like that. So this is what I want to see for 2018 going into it, just a sense of like calm routine. You know, I understand that there was upheaval going into this one. And then other years that we had expansion teams, I think I just want to see the league settle for one year. No other expansions for 2018. Just stay at 10 and then everything happens like on schedule as expected. People get uniform orders in time. League schedule comes out in like fucking January or even earlier than that. Finals announced. We know all the, you know, teams aren't surprised by players leaving or temporarily going off somewhere else. So, yeah. That would be nice for 2018. I realize that's a whole year away, but it's nice to set goals for yourself. Totally, totally. I mean, it's it's hard to say no expansions because I would love Vancouver and I would love LA. If Vancouver and LA or LA and whoever else are in position to expand in 2018, and they can get two at the same time because fuck having an 11-team schedule. Just fuck that. All right? <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like bye weeks? Just fuck it. Um, actually, bye weeks are nice because they're a little vacation for me from covering a game. But twelve, if two teams are ready to go and they're solid, and you know, Mia Hams in LA going, let there be a team here. Then who am I to say don't do it in twenty eighteen if they're ready? I just, how frustrated are you going to be if the schedule comes out this week, or or the home openers get announced and the schedule comes out next week, whatever. Um, how frustrated are you going to be if we're still doing these regional oh rivalries? God. Oh my god. And this, and this balanced unbalanced schedule bullshit. Like, it's, who's Boston's rival now? I know. Our now that Western New York is Sky gone. Blue. Like, do you guys now take over uh, being rivals with Sky Blue? Which just goes to show you how bullshit the original rival idea was. 
You can't yeah, force it. It's, you can't mm. force it based on, on geography. It's it's lucky that Portland and Seattle happen to be so close to each other. But, um, you know, for Seattle, I feel like kind of more of a boogeyman is FC Casey, for example. Um, I mean, I, I like to claim FC Casey as my boogeyman, but that's just me. So, yeah, I don't know if we forced to play four games against Sky Blue for whatever reason, just because Western New York went down to North Carolina. And then North Carolina's regional rival probably becomes FC Casey. Does it or, become no, FC Casey or does no. it become Orlando? Spirit. It becomes Spirit, probably. And then or Orlando, Orlando. Orlando and Houston. I don't know. And then FC Casey in Chicago. Uh, <sighs> it just doesn't make any sense. Or does it become Spirit in Chicago, FCKC in Houston Dash, and NC and Orlando? Those are the regions. I, 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 I was going with that one. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Women's it's... soccer isn't a science, Liz Lemon. <laughs> you, can, you can drive between Chicago and Kansas City. You can you drive, can drive between, between Kansas City you and in yourself. Houston. Like, let's make the three of them just be the central conference. Like, let's just do fucking conferences at oh this point. Oh my God. Okay. Let's move on. Let's, let's do four conferences. Let's just move so on. So we'll have, <laughs> <laughs> what, you want to talk about like some actual players now or something? Yeah. Things that are really happening. Oh, come on. Let's keep talking about the fake shit. Cause you know, oh. we got to will, we got to will the schedule into, into being. I tell you what we'll do is we'll talk about She Believes and that'll will us into a time warp where it's beginning of March and, and she Donald believes. Trump's being fucking impeached. Oh boy. So, 25 players called into camp. 23 players, I think, are going to make the roster for She Believes. Megan Rapino left off the roster. Mal Pugh and Megan She's out. back in. Pino, how much do you think is because Jill said I told her to go recover and get better, so maybe she's still not one hundred percent from her ACL from the end of twenty fifteen. But Grant Wall tweeted Megan Rapino was healthy and ready for selection. So how much do you think is using the injury as a smokescreen, or is she really still injured? And how much of it is politics? And how much of it is maybe <sighs> she's just older and Jill Ellis doesn't put stock in her because she's getting older. Yeah, I can. Can I say all of the above? I mean, it doesn't have. I to mean, be a, you know, single answer. There, there, things have context, complexity, layers. Yeah, Megan Rapino is. I don't know what Jill would be saving her for if if it's a, um, you know, she's an older player. She doesn't have have it in the tank, stuff like that. Like. There's no other tournament other than maybe Jill is taking pity on Seattle and is like, yeah, we're not going to rough up Pino before your season starts. But I, I don't, I don't necessarily like see that as a viable option. I, I honestly think Pino's feeling the heat still from being, I mean, being a social justice warrior, right? Like, and what she was doing was not even all that warrior other than the fact that she was the only one doing it yeah social justice warrior meant like in the literal sense like she is fighting for social justice which i never understood why that was an insult like yeah i'm fighting for people to be more equal and have rights and like live good lives sure you can call me that all you want yeah yeah you're right she she was being kind of 
doing like basic decent human stuff but yeah i mean like i don't like calling her a social justice warrior for taking a knee other than she was being an advocate right she was she was saying look we need to we need to be looking at what is going on because what is going on is not a good thing it's it just sucks that we're in a time where like that was seen as just so extraordinary it's like yeah you know anyway um yeah i think it's it's fair to say you can take a little bit from each pot and be like yeah i think each one has had its influence on the situation yeah the other thing doing with Jill Ellis recently is Hope Solo fucking called her out. Yeah. I don't know. Hope's like, yeah, I want to be back on the team and be playing again. And then at the same time, Jill Ellis is a bad leader and a bad tactician. I think she said poor leader, bad tactician. I don't know if that's a verbatim quote, though, because 60 Minutes, she went on 60 Minutes Sports to talk about this. They, like didn't show her actually saying that they just summed up what she said about jill bad leader poor tactician i'm not saying that she didn't say that or words to that effect it's just i wonder why they didn't show her directly saying this stuff unless it was just so long they had to cut it for time yeah they're not they're not you know (laughs) they're they're not helping themselves out at all by not giving us a smoking gun she hasn't refuted them and Hope Solo's not the kind of person to go, no, that's cool, if she didn't say what she said, right? Right, right. So it's like, hey, I want to be back on the team. By the way, Jill Ellis, you suck. Right. Although, on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, I would easily believe Hope Solo would do that. That's a very solo oh, thing to do. absolutely. Absolutely, like Hope Solo doesn't have restraint in interviews. Like we we were we we weren't talking about Hope Solo today in the office, but we were talking about just journalists who can play it straight during interviews to the point where you're just like this person has no personality, and Hope Solo is all personality. Yeah, like she has an agenda. She knows exactly what she wants to say, and especially right now, she doesn't have U.S. Soccer giving her talking points anymore. I mean, good luck to you, Hope, I guess. I could see her kind of coming back in as like a mentor situation, especially if there was a change up in coaching. But Jill Ellis is in it until at least, what, 2019, if not 2020? I think the next opportunity for her to get fired, unless like some... The next That's opportunity just for her to such get fired. An amazing is, way of putting it. Is it the next opportunity for uh, Jill Ellis to get fired? It's the 2019 is World Cup. She believes tournament. She believes really. I mean, U.S. Soccer puts a fuck ton of stock in these horrible, pitiful off-season. That's true. Tournaments. If she had won the Olympics, she believes results would not be counting against her as much because, especially because it would be Germany, France, and England. Like if they all beat us, uh, like you know three to two at home at home the people would be like okay you're on notice but because we washed out of the olympics if she believes goes badly for us i think jill would be able to lean a little bit on like oh well the roster's a little bit new but it's not that new it's not that new no no because she's got all the like she's got her usual back four ready to go she's got sauerbrunn julie johnston klingenberg ali krieger kelly o'hara and then maybe she'll put in casey short and she's got Emily Son as backup. In the midfield, there's not really any other surprises except for Killian. Maybe Roosevelt will get some time. Maybe even Brianna Pinto. And then at forwards, Alex Morgan's back. But the rest are all 
you know, pretty well integrated, even Lynn Williams by now, and Amy Rodriguez might see some time. So she doesn't really have an excuse of like, oh, it's an experimental roster. Unless she goes out there and plays like a 361 and is like, I was experimenting, you told me I could, blah, blah, blah. If I don't think we'll do badly at She Believes, though. Worst case scenario, no, we'll lose no. two out of three. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we'll do badly, but I'm, I was more saying it tongue in cheek uh-huh. for Tom's money. Oh, well. And the amount of stock that they put in the fucking Algarve tournament and players saying shit. I mean, Hope Solo talking shit about your coach, like, that's not new. I think unless they have some friendly against a random team, like, in in 2018 or 2017, and then, like, over a two-game series, this random-ass team just washes this out, like, four to nothing. Unless that happens, Jalos is not getting fired until 2019 at the earliest. Right. We got her for the long term. Maybe she'll surprise us and become a better coach in the next two years? Over the next two years? Sure. Everybody can improve. Everyone can learn. You gotta be an optimist. So many people think when they reach adulthood, I can't learn anymore, but that's not true. Everybody can learn. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody. I need something good in my life, Gab. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there are plenty of good things in your life. Oh, that's true. I went to Indian Buffet today. How'd it go? I saw a little baby learn to say chicken tikka masala. Really? Yeah, it was so cute. At first, he could only say tik tik, but then his dad kept like saying chicken tikka masala, and in the end, he was like chicken tikka masala, and it was I was sitting there like (gasps) a row behind them going, "Fuck yeah, buddy, you did it!" (laughs) Keep going, chicken tik 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 tik. He could just say tik tik, and then by the end, he had the whole thing down. So good job, buddy. We both achieved something. Way to go, kid. So that was the She Believes roster. Two players are probably going to get cut. I bet one of them is Jane Campbell, poor kid. And then they're going to carry two keepers. I would be very surprised if they brought along Jane Campbell and she got time against Germany, France, or England. But what do I know, you know? Uh, no idea. We have some... There's little tidbits that happened. Uh, Carly Lloyd went to Manchester City. Whatever. Not a big deal. Well, I mean, it's the big deal that because everybody's freaking out. Yeah. And then you and I both think it's like, not really a big deal. NWSL is fine. It doesn't. It's not really a signal about the greater state of the league. Yeah, the the league does not live and die at Car- Carly Lloyd's hands. Just like Alex Morgan, just like Crystal Dunn. Like, yeah, it sucks that we're not going to get to see them play for fifteen dollars every week. But you know, if they if they can make the money, go make the money. Like all NWSL players, if you can make the money, go make the money. And. We're gonna we're gonna have enough here in this country. Like it's not like other leagues are desperate for players. Yeah, I it's a very particular caliber of player that can go and get Chelsea, Lyon, Man City money, and then be like, okay, it's June, peace, guys. Thanks for the Champions League run. I got to go back to the states because people like Alex uh-huh. Morgan and Carly Lloyd are supposed to come back in June, at the latest early July. So I'm not super worried, especially with the A&E deal in place now. Um, If more, if like three or four more national team players left and we didn't have the A&D deal, I'd be like, okay, maybe things are a little unstable at the moment. We have to wait for the CBA to get signed. But right now I'm just like, yeah, each of these players made the decision that was best for her. Go get paid. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where all of the positives are there. So, like, it's not worth it to me to to freak the fuck out about Carly Lloyd leaving. I can understand like, freaking out, like, on a Houston Dash level. If you, like, if you're a Dash fan, you're like, and you have whatever your complicated feelings are about Carly Lloyd. But on the meta, uh-huh. like, macro league level, eh, okay, fine. Have fun in England. And then... Uh, we- Michelle Bethos. Michelle Betos left Portland. What happened? I know. It feels like there's no an implication because in her farewell, she's like, I wish I could tell you everything that happened behind the scenes. And it's like, the implication is things happen behind the scenes? Right. <laughs> what happened, Michelle? Like, uh, why don't you, like, do you want to grab coffee? What, what's, what's going on here? Explain it to me, please. Yeah, I have no, I have no clue. When you texted me that day, I was just like, mm, I have nothing. Well, I expect you to go call up your personal friend Michelle Betos and get the answer after this. Uh, all right. Well, I'm a little busy this evening, but maybe tomorrow. Okay, great. We'll be on the lookout for that. And then, yeah, it's gonna break right after the <laughs> NWSL schedule. Michelle Betos says, you know, Merritt Paulson called her a, a hatchet face nutmeg dealer. You know, refuses to ever play in Portland, you know, some whatever. Something like that. <laughs> totally. And then other things, Chicago Red Stars redesigned their crest. I think it looks pretty good. Um, and they had a really dope a really dope ad rollout with it. They had, like, this picture uh-huh. of Casey Short on the, the L, and it was, like, my kind of town. So I, I really like the look and feel that Chicago's going for now. FC Casey redesigned their website. It looks very nice now. If only Boston could catch up, either with merch or website. (laughs) Um, And then we got Women's World Cup dates. We knew it was happening probably June 2019, but now we know June 1st through June 30th, 2019, France. Oh, boy. Gotta gotta really start saving for that. You haven't been saving. Like, I've been saving since 2015, bro. I mean, I've been saving, but I gotta, like, really. That's true, yeah start saving like okay no more peanuts it's got to be like the whole pie has got to be going in yeah i gotta i'm basically probably gonna stop ordering out or buying alcohol ever for the next two years just be like okay add up all the money you spent on going out ordering pizza and and what could have that gotten you in france you know so you're gonna be a lightweight is what you're telling me for the next two years sure i'm I'm already a lightweight yeah you are (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm going to, you know, my schedule for the next two years, I guess, is like one beer a month. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Probably not that bad, but you know what I mean. I want to have a good time in France. I want to fucking live like maybe not a queen, but like a duchess or a marchioness in France. Yeah. Really? All right. Maybe not even that good, but you know, I want to stay in a nice place. I want to buy nice food. I want to have nice tickets. I want to travel around a little you're in europe you can take the train and go anywhere you could hop to was you go to berlin was vancouver not not living like a duchess um so moving on to the next item on our show (laughs) i know the answer jesus i just want to give a shout out to becky sauerbrunn for standing up for for muslims and immigrants in general with her her statement I don't know if you've read it already, but she gave a statement to Stars and Stripes FC. Hey, that's the site I write for. 
where she was like, yeah, this Muslim ban is un-American. And I think we've seen some developments in the past couple of days where um, there's been a lot of pushback. And I believe that the Trump administration has said they're going to abandon this and then come up with something new. It'll probably just be just as horrifying, but yay, civil civil um, disobedience. It's It's something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the words of Becky Sauerbrunn, we can, we must be, we are better than this. So, just got my vote for Captain America right there. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, part of me is really excited for the platform that being on national TV, um, albeit cable, but still being on national TV and everybody kind of being on the same page like I think that's a pretty cool platform for like trying to do proactive things regarding like protesting and and stuff like that but the other side I'm just like man like I really hope we don't have much to protest during the NWSL season like I really hope that like shit gets better I hope so too but I think we gotta hope for the best expect the worst everybody just dig in yeah it sucks. Let's end on a happy note. Is there anything happy to talk about that we can end on so that everyone's just not like in this kind of gray, oily slick of despair? Um, happy note, happy note. US soccer is gonna honor Christy Rampone at She Believes. I believe there we go. Uh, the the ceremony at Red Bull. The the game at Red Bull. So I think that's before they play England, I wanna say. Well, yeah. that, that'll be nice. Yeah, that will be nice. And it's very Christy Rampone. She's not going to play in the game. There's no big farewell game. They're not going to force her to, you know, heave her 39, 40-year-old body around that field for even 30 minutes. She's like, yeah, right. I, she just kind of quietly stepped away from the team. She knew it was time. And she was like, I'm not going to take up a spot on the roster anymore or in the pool. I, you know, a, a good leader knows when to step away. And Christy Rampone's a good leader. Mhm. Mhm. She totally is. Well, now I'm emotional. Um we all we all need the emotions. We all need to No. To we don't need emotions. Feel things. I'm getting rid of emotions. I have like three emotions left, maybe two. Mm, no. And I, I think use, I think you've still got a few. I use them all up on um gasping at cute dogs and babies. You're having emotions toward babies. What does that mean? Emotions towards cool babies. Like 99% emotions of babies are not babies. cool. 99.9% of babies are not cool. They're useless. What? Why are you having emotions about babies? Just Yo. one baby that was cool because he said chicken tikka masala. I mean, that's still a baby. Yeah, but he did something useful. True. <laughs> I hope you get your chicken tikka masala, whatever that is for you. I got mine today. (laughs) I'm going to go get pizza. May you all get your chicken tikka masalas. Because, (laughs) Because you deserve it.